Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today, my special guest is a good friend, a client, and a business partner, Mr. Aaron Belmore. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing really well, Dave. Thanks for having me. <laughs> my pleasure. So I've known Aaron for quite a few years now. I vaguely remember when he was first getting started in, in real estate investing. It was a pipe fitter going hard up in the oil patch and northern Alberta and Grand Prairie and then he found out about real estate investing and he got going with that and before I knew it he was doing that full-time and uh, he focuses on something really kind of unique and that is furnished rentals so it's it's not Airbnb it's furnished rentals for professionals for folks that are looking for something between kind of an apartment and a hotel and it's a really interesting model. So Aaron, I'm looking forward to us digging in deep about that today. So before we get into that, just why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what got you into real estate investing and what your big aha moment was about real estate? Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, as you mentioned, uh, my last by the hour career was as a pipe fitter. I'm a journeyman pipe fitter. I was grew up on the island, Vancouver Island here, and it was uh, just really slow for work unless you had some fishing or logging connections when I was younger. So out of high school, I went up to Grand Prairie and got a number of different bits of experience in the oil and gas industry, a few different industries, but I ended up running a tool truck for quite a few years and going through a pipe fitting apprenticeship. But I did start that apprenticeship pretty much at the same time as my real estate investing career. And so my goal was to hang that certificate on the wall in my office you know, once I got it basically and, and have uh, retired myself uh, essentially or been financially free from real estate investing uh, prior to completion. So is that um, what happened? Yeah, that uh, I was actually two years, uh, I quit my job uh, as a pipe fitter two years prior to getting the ticket. I, I went back just to finish it and see it through, but I was already alleviated myself from that uh, career. Uh, so what, what, what was it that kind of got you into real estate investing in the first place? What was the big light bulb moment for you? Well, it was actually a friend of mine. Uh, he called me up and this was only like a couple months after I got my first little bit of credit. You know, I had a credit card I was spending and, you know, paying off and spending and paying off to build it up. But a friend of mine called me and he says, I'm buying properties in Terrace, BC. You should come and check it out. There's all these great things that are going to happen there. And yada, yada. so I kind of got caught up in the hype and I bought a place there, sight unseen little townhouse. And it was really interesting because I learned a lot from that first property, but I had it for 12 years. And I only saw it once and we didn't do, I didn't do any more investing in that area, but it did work out really well. And that's kind of what got me started. But I figured, okay, this, it went pretty smooth. Actually, it was uh, surprisingly fast and easy at the time to get the financing and stuff, probably based on my income uh, through the, the pipe fitting career. But I told myself, okay, well, I better get a little more educated before I do this again. And so I started to take courses and read. And it was another friend of mine. Uh, I'm pretty blessed with all these friends, I guess. But they sent me a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it showed up in the mail. And he had written on the inside of it, you know, I think you'll do better than I will with this, but I want 10%. Ha ha ha. And, you know, that just really got me going. And I, I actually haven't lost motivation since because the concept of financial freedom, which they teach in there, was just so much more exciting for me and attainable than retirement. You know, I, I just, yeah. it truly did get me stirred up and 
So when you were telling me earlier that what really really got you going with real estate was one day when you crunched the numbers and realized what it would take for you to be able to quit your job. So why don't you tell us very, very briefly about that quick story? Oh, sure. Yeah, that was basically when I had three properties. We bought that one rental in Terrace. I bought a second one a few years later in Grand Prairie. And then we found out we were having our first child. So we thought, okay, well, we better buy a house, you know, to have our family in. And so I was still working at the time, but I was going to work one day and I thought about these three properties. And if I didn't do anything else from that point forward, and I just kept those three properties, simply having the mortgages paid off would have given me a million dollar, you know, nest egg and equity and without any mortgages I could have lived off those rents, you know, between the three, I would have had to move out of our house, of course, to generate revenue in that one. But those three properties would have given me, you know, roughly a $60,000 a year income. And so I felt like I had my retirement, my financial freedom was covered, you know, it was, I was mid 20s at the time. So that would have been around, you know, freedom 50 kind of an idea. But I just thought, wow, you know, like, this is, is just so simple, I just got to stay the course, and I'll get there sooner than the old 65 so you decided, you decided to focus on that and start doing that full time. So how long did it take you between then and, and when you're able to quit the job and, and be a full-time real estate entrepreneur? Not too much long. Actually, I was, it was 2009. We got that third property and then uh, it was somewhere in 2000 and no, it was 2010. I quit my job and yeah, 2010, we incorporated Fresh Coast Investments and just- so what, what was it that allowed you, what was the tipping point that allowed you to quit the job? Oh, my wife's, my wife's approval, I guess. <laughs> she, she could see that I was pretty bummed out after being home with our first son for four months. And then I went back to work. And then when I was working the 12 hour days, I, I was missing out on any time with him because uh, he'd be sleeping by the time I got home. So I was kind of getting a little grumpy and she just said, well, why don't you quit your job? And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I was leaning into anyway. So I did that. But like on the financial side, it was probably the fourth property we got we, we well, let's talk about that one because that's that that was the first furnished rental you got into i believe and that's what you're really well known for now so tell us walk us through that first deal and, and that second big light bulb moment that came on for you sure yeah the uh, property it was i guess yeah it was in 2010 you know the market was still pretty uh down from the 08 and uh 09 kind of situation so I was just, yeah, looking around for my next investment property and a realtor showed me this six bedroom house that had been, you know, pretty much converted into the six bedrooms. They took the downstairs living room and made two more rooms. So, but this woman had been managing and, and renting this property out, you know, fully furnished by the room for the previous 10 years. And so things were slow at the time, but I came across this listing and I looked around and I thought, holy moly, this is, I just did a little quick math in my head and I thought, this is a, a no brainer. I thought, why is this thing even still on the market? And, you know, but it was slow. Nobody was looking for that sort of stuff at the time. So I purchased that property with my first joint venture partner. And then she taught me, you know, everything that she had learned and done, you know, in regards to zoning and insurance and uh, management for this type of rental. Who, the lady that sold it to you? The lady that sold it to me. Yeah, yeah. So it was really good. And uh, we actually even got in there early and did uh, any of the repairs and uh, maintenance that we wanted to uh, prior to taking possession. But possession was a smooth transition. And so I basically managed this property 
you know, six individuals at a time. And then I had my other properties as well. But after a while, it just became like night and day, you know, the, the returns were better, the tenants were nicer, you know, everyone was just, you know, happy, it was a good win win all around, we were providing, you know, some accommodations where they could save on their hotel costs, and have a bit of flexibility as well through this type of management style. And so let's do a quick comparison for the listeners and the viewers right now. So that house, as a single family home, how much would it have rented for, give or take? Yeah, somewhere between two thousand and twenty four hundred, probably. Right. Let's say two thousand dollars a month, and as a furnished rental, renting it by the room, six rooms, fully furnished. What kind of revenue were you generating per month? Yeah, at the time it was around fifty four hundred. So, right. and sometimes we'd even make more than that if people were paying by the week. So, of course. but just just to give the the viewers an idea, so you got the same house. You rent it as a single family home. It'd be a fairly nice home, fairly large. You got four to six bedrooms. That would get you 2,000, 2,200, give or take. But the same house, renting it out by the room, furnished rentals to the kind of clients that, that Aaron rents it out to, you're looking at increasing that to, what did you say, 5,600? 5,400. $5,400. Well, yeah, yeah, average. I mean, give so or take. You're looking at $3,000 a month in increased revenue but an increased profit because again at, at two thousand or twenty two hundred dollars a month as a single family home you're probably only cash flowing maybe a couple of hundred bucks a month but that same property as rented out by the room furnished now you're cash flowing literally close to three thousand dollars a month huge huge difference so was that like a just like a an epiphany for you i would imagine it was yeah, well, and that's exactly what happened. I had other unfurnished properties and moving along, you know, just, but yeah, it was just like night and day compared to this one. You know, it was just a lot more, yeah, I mean, there's more cash flow. So it's nice, you know, you got no issues when it's time to fix something. You got no issues, you know, if you got a little bit of extra turnover and stuff. And we, we do incur some more expenses for sure. But, you know, we manage in-house, which keeps that under control basically. So most of that extra revenue is, coming back to the company. So yeah, no, it makes sense. So fast forward to today and how many properties do you have in your portfolio? I know you're just off camera. We're talking, you just added another one today, but how many properties do you have in your portfolio? How many rental units? How many, you actually don't even count it by the rental unit, you count it by, by the bed or the bedroom, because that's quite often how you rent these things. How does that look in your portfolio today? Today, we are at 98 individual units, houses, and apartments, a combination of, I think that's, yeah, something like 41 or 42 buildings. Buildings, But yeah, we, we, it translates to about 250, uh, I guess a few more now, but furnished beds, like you said, we're trying to get paid on uh, on a regular basis. So yeah, it's grown quite a bit from the beginning and yeah, it's not... So, so what would you say are some of the big advantages to having a furnished rental versus an unfurnished rental? What are the big, I mean, obviously we've seen that the cash flow is exponentially higher. What are some of the other benefits that you see as a real estate entrepreneur? Well, first of all, after a number of years, I realized that the wear and tear was like drastically reduced. We still obviously have regular household maintenance, but not having furniture come in and out. And 
with this tenant profile, we don't have as many children or pets, you know, which are also quite, you know, uh, <laughs> destructive, I guess. <laughs> you've yeah. got both you know what you're talking about yeah certainly yeah no my kids and pets are destroying my house as we speak <laughs> so I really noticed that difference you know I thought holy smokes hey, I'm looking around and I'm like these places look exactly the same you know as opposed to my unfurnished ones where I had a lot of painting and cleanup you know on a almost annual basis whenever I turn over these these other families and stuff so that was uh you know really huge but also the the tenant profile, I guess, and this might be the ones that I'm attracting, and maybe it's because I can relate to them because I am a pipe fitter who traveled around and, and worked in hotels and camps, right? So these are the folks that, you know, I can relate to, but, you know, they usually have uh, families and mortgages and, you know, a life back where they live and they're in town working and I'm just kind of connecting them with something that can save them a bit of money, but also give them some normalcy so they're not you know, eating McDonald's every night and they got a place to cook and it's, uh, you know, really it, it lightens the load. It doesn't feel like such a sentence when you're out working out of town. And I feel like, you know, it translate right back to the even conversations they're having with their family in the evening. You know, they're just a little more comfortable, a little more healthy and, you know, less time to unwind when they do get back home, hopefully, uh, because working on the road and, and being away from your family, you know, is a, is a challenge that. So your, is your typical client profile blue collar workers or use, are you renting to executives? Who's, who are the people in your units primarily? Typically, yeah, blue collar, I guess, construction workers. I'm wearing a blue collar right now. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you know, and that's, and that's, yeah, sorry. That's what, you know, I'm not, I'm not going and, and wasting a bunch of money on marble countertops and trying to be executive in every place. But, you know, we provide really clean, you know, really well-maintained, attractive properties that are comfortable. And so it's kind of a nice balance, you know, in the middle. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we'd be able to keep our places as full as we do if it was all corporate because there's not that many coming to Grand Prairie on a regular basis. But there is never enough, you know, people to do the work and stuff in that town. So there's always people coming from out of town across Canada. And so, yeah, those are the ones that we've kind of figured out the best way to nurture them and uh, give them what they're looking for. And it's working out really good for us. Again, you know, we don't have that furniture come in and out, the wear and tear. We, we clean these places quite regularly. And yeah, it's, it's a, a little bit smoother of a ride. It's definitely more management and more. Well, effort. I would say that's probably the biggest, if there is a pitfall to it is, you have to be more hands-on. What's the typical time frame that a, a tenant is staying with you in this model? Ooh, honestly, average is probably three months tops. But really, like what happens, we do have turnover throughout the seasons, but it's typically a September to April winter crew. And then in May, you know, through uh, the summer, it's summer crews and, 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 you know, different construction. But yeah, it's it's a seasonal thing. You know, we usually have that turnover uh, every spring, but uh, by treating people good on the way out, knowing that they're, you know, just seasonal and not, you know, trying to stick them for their deposit and take advantage of them or anything like that. We have a lot, well, 10 years now of repeat business coming back every time they're, they're in the area. So yeah, that's who we work with and, and what I like. And it's been really good so far. Well, it's been been excellent. All right, Aaron, and time flies when we're having fun with the, the last 45 seconds we've got here. If people are interested in finding out more about Aaron Belmore and, and what you're up to, what should they do? Well, please go to my website. It's freshcoastinvestments.ca. And yeah, sign up for my newsletter. That'll be one way for us to, to keep in touch a little more often. And yeah, if you want, you can uh, email me. Uh, it's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at freshcoastinvestments.ca. Awesome. Very good. So Aaron, thank you very much for 
being on the podcast today and and for the inspiration because you know you have really created your ideal lifestyle through real estate investing you went from being a blue collar pipe fitter worker yourself working up north in grand prairie to owning a very very large portfolio moving your family and yourself back to vancouver island to where you wanted to live managing your business uh, very very effectively from a distance and really creating your your ideal lifestyle through real estate so Thanks for what you're doing, for being the inspiration you are. Yeah, you're welcome. I'll, uh, I'll keep doing my best. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. Take care, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.